Welcome to Just Talk with Justine, a podcast for breast cancer survivors and supporters. Just Talk with Justine is a platform where breast cancer survivors can share their journeys. If we can help just one person who's listening today, we've accomplished our goal. My next guest today is a 17-year survivor thriver. She's healthy, she's active, and grateful and blessed. She loves her family time, her church, dragon boating, fitness, and travel. Please welcome my warrior sister, Debbie Mayer. Thank you, Debbie, for being here today. I am so, so happy and grateful that you have decided to come out and share your journey with us today. Well, thank you for inviting me, Justine. So, you know, Debbie, I see here that um, you are you were diagnosed stage one non-invasive. But then I also see that you had a lumpectomy and you had chemotherapy and you had radiation. So non-invasive, what exactly does that mean? Do you know? Well, until they did the, um, took the lymph node, actually the sentinel lymph node, to find that it didn't spread, he didn't know that it wasn't invasive. But I went along with my doctor, if you, can I name him? Sure, of course. Robert Reynolds. He's retired now. Okay, of course. Uh, Florida Hospital. He did suggest, though, he said sometimes things are missed. He suggested the chemotherapy and radiation, so I did go along with his plan. So did you have those proceed the radiation and the chemo first, then a lumpectomy? Or how, what order did all that go in? I had the lumpectomy actually in November. And that's when they um, determined it was cancer. Problem is, a couple months, doctor was off. The hospital was busy. I couldn't get back till January. It was a kind of a trying couple months. But that's when we started the treatment. Um, After the lumpectomy? Yes. Okay. Okay, so they didn't recommend to you a, um, a a total mastectomy or double. Now, this is back in, what, 2003, if I'm not mistaken? 2003 is when I started the treatment. Okay, uh, and your lumpectomy was in 2002? Correct. Okay, and, and how old were you, if you don't mind me asking? Well, I was 49 in November of 2002. 50 when I went through the treatment. Oh, my God. They also said, now the chemotherapy will kick you into menopause. So read up on all these symptoms. And I said, you know, what will be will be. (laughs) And I really didn't have a problem with any of the chemotherapy, radiation. Um, If I wasn't feeling well, it's because I ate something I shouldn't have eaten. You don't think it had anything to do with your chemo or the radiation? So did, did it kick you into menopause? Well, it must have because I never went through the symptoms after, and I'm 67 this year. Oh, so. my God. You look beautiful for oh, 67. Well, oh, my God, Debbie. So you I, are awesome. I feel I escaped all the menopausal symptoms. You did. And, you know, rarely are people expecting a cancer diagnosis. Mm-hmm. You know, that is – so when it comes, it feels like a huge bomb. Oh, yeah. I mean, that must have been a, a terrifying feeling for you. It was, yet my mother – was a breast cancer survivor a few years before that, and she was kind of my rock. She said um, on the phone, she lives in Illinois and I live in Florida, she said, well, here's what the doctor said, here's what I'm going to do, God's got this, and I'm just going to live my life, and she did. And so when when I was diagnosed, I called her first, and she said, well, what are you going to do? I said, I'm going to follow my doctor's plan, and 
you know, put it in the hands of God and live my life. So that helped me a lot. That and a teacher who was a mentor of mine, she had she had a different story. She ultimately passed away to time breast cancer survivor, and then she passed away because it actually traveled under her chest wall. Oh, my gosh. So her mastectomy didn't stop it, really. But she coached me and kept me positive and friends and family. And because so, that diagnosis is it's scary when it anyone of us hears Here's that. It's it's very it's devastating. It's sure. devastating. You just think the worst, even with the good treatment and you know, a doctor you trust is still It's so important. It is. It's so, so important. Yeah. So um that was seventeen years ago. Do you isn't that like crazy how fast the time has gone? It it is, yeah. And and it. you are a thriver, Debbie. You are truly a thriver. So let's get back to your mom for a minute. She she had breast cancer. Did she pass from breast cancer? No, she survived the breast cancer. She also was stage one. Her doctor just recommended radiation. She did that. She went back to work every day. And so she was diagnosed at what, 72? I believe that's what it was, yeah. Wow. But she passed away of a heart condition later at 88. She so. was tough, 72. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. That must have been a bomb for her. Well, yes and no. She's a tough cookie. She had other things going on like I do in my life, and you feel like you can't let anything bring you down if you you don't have control over it, you know? Yeah, you don't have so control over it. Do what You've got to remain positive. Right. You know, that's, that's key. That is key. Yeah. So when you were diagnosed and your mom, knowing your mom had breast cancer— at the time, was there the BRCA info available to you? Yes, and I did that, and I have three daughters. So I, um, there was no sign that it was uh, genetic in the family. So that's good, except that my daughters, being young, said, well, so we don't have anything to worry about. But I just told them, everybody, you could be the first in your generation. You always have to be on top of that, do your exams, have your mammograms. My uh, oncologist recommended they start at 30 to get a baseline. So my oldest will be 30. She did that. So she did the bracket test? No, she did the mammogram, her first mammogram. Oh, for okay. And so far, so good. Yeah. Thank God. Okay. So will will any of your daughters have the BRCA? Well, the test, I don't know if they will do it. I guess I can ask about that. I did it to see if I... Was a, a candidate right. for future breast cancer. Right. And you were not. I was not. So, But yet you still got it. Yeah. Did you do, you did it prior to you being diagnosed? Well, no, I did it after. My understanding was to see if it would be genetically passed on. So that's why I did it. I have no, you know what, Deb? I, I don't know because I didn't have anybody in my family that had it. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't on top of the BRCA issue and the BRCA stuff. So I can't speak with any knowledge yeah. about that. But that's why I'm asking. If So you had your test. Let me get it clear. You had your test after. Right. And you had no genetics, but you still got breast cancer. And your daughter, do they recommend your, your three daughters to have the BRCA or just get the baseline mammogram? Well, just the baseline mammogram is what my oncologist recommended. Okay. Okay. All right. So during your 2002 and 2003 stint with breast cancer, did you journal at all? Did you um, 
Did you do any meditation? I did. I think that's what kept me positive because when I did journal, it was all positive things that happened because I didn't have a bad experience. Um, it was about people in my life that, you know, were good influence to me. I wanted to keep it all positive. And your I, girls were born by then? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. They were. So you then. had a support system? That- well, as they say, we were young then. We didn't know what to do. So right. it was pretty much my friends. They took me to the chemotherapy. And, and if I needed anything, which I didn't because my girls were young, I still cooked. I still worked. You still did everything? Um, you went to work me. during all of that? Yeah, I was a substitute teacher. I was a catechism teacher at church. And it was kind of a way to share your story when kids would ask, well, why are you wearing a hat? What happened? You know, and I would tell them and so many people have their own story. Wow. Or they would just say, oh, well, that's good because it's not a, it's, you know, it's not a bad thing in their mind. You know, if they knew anything about cancer, it sounded bad. So Right, right. Yeah. And you were there to explain to them that, hey, look at me. That's so you lost all your hair completely? Yes. Um, and that was part of the uh my teacher, who was the mentor, said, here's the thing. You're going to feel bad. Just go in the yard and shake it off. <laughs> Get a wig, wear a hat, whatever works for you. When it comes back, it's a fresh new head of hair. Wow. Mm-hmm. And what did you do? Did you wear a wig? No, it was too hot. I only did for a picture for my license. Oh, and really? after that, I still have my hat just not because it was bad memories, just because it's a good little sun hat. <laughs> right. There you go. Okay. So, okay. Yeah. Okay. And during that time, did you um, did you change your your eating habits or your diet at all, knowing this diagnosis now? And how did it affect you that way? Well, I like food, so I didn't change that too much. <laughs> okay. You never lost an appetite or anything no, like that? No. No. I was blessed. I think God knows what he's doing. He doesn't. Yeah. He knows I can't handle being sick. <laughs> I can tolerate pain, but I can't. Can't handle being sick. Right, and, and you just I had think, your knee done, and oh, you, and you couple did couple of them, couple of your knees, and you did fabulous. Well, again, I I can tolerate pain, knowing it's going to get better, right? And, and the reason for it, right? But uh, yeah, I don't like to be sick, so I think, I know. Okay, I think okay, I avoided that somehow. <laughs> so during this journey in two thousand and two and two thousand and three, um, okay, and then moving forward to present day, do you think breast cancer? There was a meaning that you got it, and do you find that it changed your your life, your attitude? Like prior to you being diagnosed, do you feel that you changed at all? Oh, I guess I just felt more appreciative of every day. You know, we take we still always take things for granted. And at this time during this COVID, I really appreciate the weather, the sunshine, taking walks, you know, gathering with friends in a driveway, you know, social distancing, but things that we took for granted before this and before my diagnosis, I guess just to feel like I was going to live forever. And now I know that's not true. You know? Well, you, you just answered my next question. How are you dealing with COVID-19 right now? And well, you just answered it. So. I'm, yeah, I'm still getting with friends when I can. We don't take chances. If somebody is sick, they don't, you know, get together with us. Uh as things open, I like to do what works for me mm-hmm. back at the gym, getting together with neighbors outside, usually in a driveway, although we will go to breakfast and kind of distance yeah. there as yeah. much as you yeah. can. And with my teammates, of course. And and let's get to that. And Debbie, you and I know each other from our team, 
We're both teammates on Warriors on Water, Mm -hmm. Central Florida's only breast cancer survivor dragon boat team. And it has brought us together as not only teammates, not only the camaraderie of being breast cancer survivors, but we're friends. And it it has been a blessing to have you in my life. And, And I think having that team has been a blessing in my life. So you you as well and and I've never been an athlete and you, you need to have a little athletic ability if not you gain it during your right. your your time on the boat so if anyone is interested or wherever you live and wherever you're hearing this and there's and you are a breast cancer survivor a thriver and you are able to look in your area for a breast cancer survivor dragon boat team or any dragon boat team because the upper body is being used, and it was recommended very highly by um, a doc, a Canadian doctor, who recommended that dragon boating it, it reduces lymphedema. Did you have? Speaking of that, did you have lymphedema at all? I did not, and I understand that too. That dragon boating, it, doing it properly, you know, doing some exercises to prepare for it is only good and could improve your lymphedema, which I believe it has with a teammate. Yes, yes. We do have a couple of gals on there that do have wear the sleeve and and they're out there Mm -hmm. and we're on the water and we're enjoying the fresh air and the beauty of the lake. That's part of it. And sunshine and exercise and camaraderie. Yes, yes, yes. So anyone listening out there today... um, Please look into it if you are a breast cancer survivor and you'd be so surprised how enjoyable it is and, and the people that you meet. It's it's amazing. It's amazing. We all it's have a am- story to share. Yeah. Oh, do we ever. And we're a bunch of tough girls too, <laughs> tough gals on this team. So you you did say you kept a little journal and you had no side effects at all, huh? During any no, of that treatment, nothing to speak of. Wow! And what about and mentally too? You were you always kept your level head. I tried. Yeah, no, it's hard with <laughs> three daughters that you know keep you busy. Of, yeah, keep you busy. I'll say. Yep, yeah, yeah, keep you busy. <laughs> okay, okay. But sure, I I I feel it didn't change me in that respect at all, and I'm I think it's because I had family to take care of, wanted to keep taken care of, and didn't want somebody to have to take care of me. Right, right. So it kept you going. Yeah. Kept you moving and grooving. Yeah, 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 yeah. And um, so it sounds simple, but having breast cancer, I think it has, there's something to it. There's something special about it and the other people you meet. I I think it's because we all know what each other has gone through in some form or fashion. Do you do you feel that as oh, well? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. We yeah. learn we learn from each other. And, we do. Mm-hmm. We do. And we could share that knowledge with other survivors. That's what I wanted to ask you. So, knowing what you know today, what would you tell someone who's just been newly diagnosed? What 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 advice, what recommendations would you personally offer someone that's been newly diagnosed? Well, probably to follow their doctor's advice if they have a doctor they trust. Ask for help if you need it. You know, don't in any situation don't feel you 
could do it yourself if you really can't or don't feel mentally able to because if you're physically able but you're not quite there mentally you might still need some support there someone to do something with you um take you to appointments to be another set of ears um that is so important is it not to have somebody there that can help interpret what that doctor says to you because sometimes you're still in a cloud until it really sets in you Yeah. yeah and so also to um Continue with your life as much as you can. Some things you may have to change, you know, some things you might not. If you're physically able, don't feel like, you know, well, I can't do this and I can't do that. Um, You still have your ability to walk and talk and use your hands. And, you know, and if you're tired, get the rest. You need the rest. Eat well. You know, there's a lot of special diets that are out there for going through chemotherapy and all. Um, You know, just... Just live your life and think positive as much as you can. Don't, yeah, and don't be afraid to ask for help. That's and don't right. be afraid to ask for help. And and don't be afraid to ask your doctor or their office any questions you have too. Right, right. And if you are listening today and feel that you need you need a resource or you need some help, just email me at Justine at Just Talk with Justine and I will be more than happy to find the resources that you might need, no matter where you live in this world. Uh, That's what I'm here for. If I can just help one person who's listening to me today and finds that they are in a situation that they need help, please don't hesitate. And on that note, I would also like you to email me if you have any suggestions of things you'd like to hear because uh, I'm always looking for new, um, for my thrivers and, and um, survivors. And if there's a question I may have missed, which I'm, there may be many, I would like to know what you'd like to know. So, Debbie, let's see what else we can talk about besides the fact that you were diagnosed at a fairly young age. You were young. In, in 17 years, that's quite a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And being that you are now at an age where you're, but you're around a lot of survivors all the time. Right. So you're constantly hearing the updates and the news and things like that. Yeah. So that that's exciting. That's exciting. So do you, do you eat differently a little bit now more so? Uh, more so because mostly, well, in part, because of my age, you know, it's harder to lose a few pounds that you weren't worried about gaining before. So I didn't give up anything I like. I eat less of it. I eat less often. For instance, fried foods. Mm-hmm. like fried fish. I like fried chicken. <laughs> yeah, we all like those yeah. good fried foods. Like my ice cream, like bacon, all those things that aren't good for you. But if I give up something entirely, I find that I kind of fall back on it. And you, yeah, yeah, you want it more, right. knowing that you've given it up. Yeah. So I do eat healthier. I eat more fruits and vegetables than I used to. And um, trying not to eat as late because that kind of <laughs> that makes keeps it you worse. Awake. Right. Well, and that keeps you awake because your body's trying to digest. So right. in that respect, I think since, especially since the uh, cancer diagnosis, I've, I've learned that I do need more fruits and vegetables that I just wasn't interested in, in eating before. There's yeah. so much good out, good food out there and our farmers markets and all that, all the resources we have to get it. Yeah, yeah. 
And 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 that you're an avid churchgoer. Did your church friends? I'm sure they came through for you and um, were very uh, helpful. Yes, as needed. We're all there for each other. Those are my other uh, family uh, members, church family, my my women's group at church. Right. We're always there for each other. You know, just and we all know, just like in our on our dragon boat team, instead of assuming and and going out of the way we want to hear if someone needs us because then we'll be there so we can trust that you know they know that we'll ask if we need something absolutely absolutely well listen my warrior sister my beautiful friend debbie mayer i i can't thank you enough for this today it has been fantastic is there anything else you may want to share before we let this segment go Oh, just that, as we know, we're, we're glad to be on this team together. We made new friends over the years. We all have a common bond. Um, the cancer diagnosis, the, the trials and tribulations that came with that, the dragon boating interest, which, you know, some that say, well, that's not for me, as you shared. I was not athletic since I was young, and I surprised myself by, number one, getting in the boat, and number two, learning to paddle and adding a little exercise that I wouldn't have done. I would have been in a different physical state if I didn't join the team, I believe. And the races we've done. Oh, yeah. We've actually, uh, we have participated in several races. We've actually went to Florence, Italy to compete. Actually, it's what it was um, not really competing. It was participatory, as they say, right. uh, amongst the Dragon Boat world. And there was over 200 teams from around the world that we competed against. And we did very, very well over the years. Warriors on Water is done. And that's exciting in itself. We did 500-meter races, and we enjoyed that tremendously. Mm-hmm. We enjoyed And New Zealand is coming up. Yes, look forward yeah. to that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yep, and Debbie is one of the original members of the team, which was formed 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And tell, tell us a little bit about that. You used to go to a swimming pool, correct? Yeah, well, we started out actually in an office with little pink stools and little pink sticks just to get the technique in place. And then one of the girls had us come to her pool to actually sit on the side of the pool, put a paddle in the water and and feel more, you know, as if we're paddling in a boat. And it took off from there. And then we would go to Tavares, usually on a Saturday morning from Orlando, just to uh, join up with another team to get in there. So boat. is that how you got on the first boat at somebody else's team? Yes. Oh, that must have been so cool. Yeah, it was a long drive, but it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Some of them went to Tampa a couple of times to join that team to get on their boat. So that was a little trip there. But eventually, um, one of the ladies, Harriet Lake, got us our first boat. Uh, one of our teammates found a, a good lake nearby, which is very convenient, which is the lake we still have our boat in, Lake Fairview. And so um, it took off from there. We got a couple more boats, got more team members over the years. We're always looking for more, as Justine said. Always. Yeah. And if you're in a different area, do look for one out there. There's... If not a breast cancer team, or if you can't start one, then join another dragon boat team and, you know, just get a Enjoy feel. the ride. That's Enjoy right. Get bit by the dragon, as we like That's to say. say yeah. Get bit by the dragon. All righty. 
Well, listen, Deb, I, I can't thank you enough. Uh, I love your friend. I love your girlfriend. And this has been awesome. Thank you. Thank Justine. you so much. Pinkies. I love you too. Pinky. Pinky. <laughs> okay. Thank you for listening to Just Talk with Justine. If you like what you've heard, please rate, comment, and subscribe. We love talking to breast cancer fighters and survivors. If you have any questions, you can email me at justine at justtalk with justine.com.